Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. God bless America. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. If tomorrow all the things were gone I worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife, I think I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I'd gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea. From Detroit down to Houston and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say that I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I'd gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to another edition of Hope for Today. I have just read words from two very famous songs in which both ask God to bless our country. God Bless America, written by Irving Berlin, and God Bless the USA, written by Lee Greenwood. Even though my husband has advised me not to say anything about the election, I just think I should at least give it a passing mention something that has consumed so much time and money in mostly negative advertising over the last several months deserves at least a cursory mention. I am thankful that this election season is over, and I am thankful to live in the United States of America, the country I believe to be the greatest country in the world. On Wednesday morning, after the majority of the votes had been counted, some folks were glad, and some folks were sad, and some folks apparently were even mad. But it was several more days before an apparent winner was announced. No matter which candidate you were pulling for, I hope you can agree with me that we do live in a great country, and hopefully we will have a smooth transition of power, which of course cannot be said for many countries around the world. All of us need to do our part as citizens of this great country to support our president, no matter what party he represents. Hopefully, he will work hard to bring this country back together again. Many people have suffered suffered, and some have even died to give us the right to vote. So I hope you were one of the tens of millions who did vote this year. From Romans chapter 12, verse 18, we read, If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. The Sunday school focus during October was on families. But I really think application can be made on a level that rises to encompass all citizens of this great land. God's plan for families is for them to love, respect, and help one another. Sounds like a great plan for all citizens of the United States, too. 
to love, respect, and help one another. So remember, if possible, live at peace with everyone. I also like the three things Lou Holtz asks of himself and his players. Always do the right thing. Always do your best. And always show people that you care. I occasionally read, or did read, The God Squad, a column that used to be found in the Thursday edition of the News Noon Observer. After the 2016 election, there was a question about how our country can move forward after such a divisive national election. Rabbi Mark Gelman says that, quote, I do know that many of our fellow Americans are in need of a national coming together, end of quote. He then went on to cite a passage from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. The passage was Isaiah 40, 21 through 23. But I'm now going to read from verse 21 through the end of that chapter, as these are some of the most familiar verses in the book of Isaiah and also some of my favorites. I will be reading from the Life Application Bible. And this is Isaiah chapter 40, starting with verse 21 till the end of the chapter. Are you so ignorant? Are you so deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Have you never heard nor understood? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth. The people below must, look, must seem to him like grasshoppers. He is the one who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from there. He dooms the great men of the world and brings them all to naught. They hardly get started, barely take root, when he blows on them and their work withers and the wind carries them off like straw. With whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all these stars? As a shepherd leads his sheep, calling each by its pet name, and counts them to see that none are lost or strayed, so God does with stars and planets. O Jacob, O Israel, how can you say that the Lord doesn't see your troubles and isn't being fair? Don't you yet understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. Even the youth shall be exhausted and the young men will all give up. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I will read you now what Rabbi Gelman said following that scripture. Quote, The point of Isaiah's divinely revealed wisdom is not that the political realm is without value and not that public service is inherently corrupt, and corrupting, but rather that the entire political sphere of our lives does not remotely touch or inform the most important parts of our lives. Our love for each other, our courage in the face of challenges, our gratitude to a power beyond us that also created and loves us, all this is untouched by politics. All this remains true and present before us, no matter whom we elect. And that's the end of his quote. The NIV version of Romans 13, 1 and 2 reads, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. 
The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. And that's the end of those two verses. I think that's pretty clear, don't you? When we criticize the president, or anybody else for that matter, we are putting ourselves in a position to judge them. And what right do we have to judge others? And besides, God doesn't judge people until they are dead. So let's leave the judging to the Creator. I heard someone say one time that if we spent as much time praying for the president as we did criticizing him, then we might see more positive changes in our country. I think some of us do have a critical spirit we need to work on. I know I do. I'm sure you have heard this many times like I did growing up. If you don't have anything nice to say, then keep your mouth shut. Sometimes that is a very hard thing to do, but with God's help, it is possible. I get a daily devotion email from Greg Laurie each morning. The day after the election, I thought his message was so timely that I called and asked permission to play it on my program today. I did receive his permission, and you will hear his two-and-a-half-minute message shortly. If you are interested in receiving his free daily devotions, you can go to his website, harvest.org, that's harvest.org, and sign up to receive them. And here is Greg Laurie's message from November the 4th of 2020. All authority comes from God. Today's daily devotion from Pastor Greg Laurie. Our scripture reading today is from Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. God establishes governments, and those who are in power, presidents, vice presidents, senators and congressmen, governors, mayors, or whatever their roles are, have been placed there by God, whether you voted for them or not. We're living in politically charged times with disagreements over so many issues, yet God has put government in place. Romans 13.1 tells us everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. When Paul wrote these words, he was living under Roman jurisdiction. Rome was running the known world for the most part, and Caesar Nero was in charge. Now, some Caesars were worse than others, but Nero was probably the worst of the lot when it came to persecuting the church. Nero hunted down Christians. He executed them. He tortured them. He fed them to animals to entertain people in the Colosseum. Yet Paul wrote, those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. That's pretty radical for Paul to say. I've had the opportunity to go to the White House and pray for the president on more than one occasion, and afterward, some people criticized me for it. But why would I not want to pray for the leader of the free world and ask God to guide and direct him? I feel it's my responsibility. I also think that when we isolate ourselves and allow ourselves to become so partisan in the way we view things, we're not thinking like Christians. Don't think like a political pundit. Think like a follower of Jesus Christ. We're part of the kingdom of God. And as representatives of Jesus Christ, we should seek to influence everyone with the message of the gospel. That includes those who are in positions of power. 
In the 13th chapter of Romans, we find the verses I have read before that reveal what God requires of each of us. Now I'm going to read to you from Romans 13, 8 through 14. Uh, Here we go. May all your debts, excuse me, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others. Never finish paying that. For if you love them, you will be obeying all of God's laws, fulfilling all of his requirements. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will not want to harm or cheat him or kill him or steal from him. And you won't sin with his wife or want what is his or do anything else the Ten Commandments say is wrong. All ten are wrapped up in this one to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does no wrong to anyone. That's why it fully satisfies all of God's requirements. It is the only law you need. Another reason for right living is this. You know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for the coming of the Lord is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day of his return will soon be here. So quit the evil deeds of darkness and put on the armor of right living, as we who live in the daylight should. Be decent and true in everything you do, so that all can approve your behavior. Don't spend your time in wild parties and getting drunk, or in adultery and lust, or fighting or jealousy. But ask the Lord Jesus Christ to help you live as you should, and don't make plans to enjoy evil. In the Old Testament book of Micah, we read these words in chapter 6, verse 8. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Our hope for today does not, nor should it, rest in the President of the United States, nor any other person or thing in the world. If it does, then we are setting ourselves up to be disappointed. Our hope needs to be in the one who made the heavens and the earth, and in his Son, Jesus Christ. We need to develop a strong relationship with him getting to know Him better by studying His Word, the Bible, by praying to Him and asking Him for illumination, by going to church if possible, and if not possible, then by listening to sound Bible teaching on the radio or television. In Psalm 39, 7, we read, And so, Lord, my only hope is in You. Where is your hope for today? As Thanksgiving Day is fast approaching, let us count our many blessings, as the old hymn says. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. I want to read you a brief biography of the man who wrote this hymn, Count Your Blessings. His name is Johnson Oatman, Jr., and I'll be reading from the Then Sings My Soul book of hymn stories written by Robert J. Morgan from his book number one. And the the verse um, at the top of this uh, short biography is this one from James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's impossible to be thankful and at the same time grumpy, cantankerous, critical, or ill-tempered. That's a lesson Johnson Oatman wanted to teach young people in his song, Count Your Blessings. Johnson was born in New Jersey just before the Civil War. His father had a powerful voice, which some people claimed was the best singing voice in the East. 
That's why, as a boy, Johnson Jr. always wanted to stand beside his father in church. When Johnson was a young man, he stood alongside his father in another way. He became a partner in Johnson, Oakman & Son, his dad's mercantile business. At age 19, Johnson joined the Methodist Episcopal Church and was ordained into the ministry. He often preached, but Johnson never entered the full-time pastorate, for he enjoyed the business world and found it paid his bills, giving him freedom to minister without cost. In 1892, with his father's voice undoubtedly ringing in his memory, Johnson began writing hymns. He averaged 200 hymns and gospel songs a year, 5,000 during the course of his lifetime. Among them, Higher Ground, No, Not One, The Last Mile of the Way, and this one, Count Your Blessings, which was published in a songbook for young people in 1897. It reflected Johnson's optimistic faith and has been a lesson to many ever since. Martin Luther wrote in his book, Table Talk, The greater God's gifts and works, the less they are regarded. We tend to exhibit a degree of thanksgiving in reverse proportion to the amount of blessings we've received. A hungry man is more thankful for his morsel than a rich man for his heavily laden table. A lonely woman in a nursing home will appreciate a visit more than a popular woman with a party thrown in her honor. If the birds only burst into song once a year, we'd all pay close attention. But because they are singing every morning, we scarcely bother to listen. Now is a good time to lay this book aside and deliberately thank God for something you've never before mentioned in Thanksgiving. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now I'm going to read you uh, the verses from Count Your Blessings. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold? Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. And that was the words from Count Your Blessings, a song written by Johnson Oatman, Jr. I would also like to recognize all the veterans for their sacrificial service to our country. Veterans, we owe you a great deal. Thank you. And now I want to leave you today with this verse from Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Thank you for listening. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has done 
Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will keep singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be disheartened, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. listening to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carroll Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 